another episode of Talking with Kevin and Son and People You Should Know. This episode is brought to you by RMK Productions and a division of Ten United Podcast Network. Through the power of story, our mission is to uplift through the voice, inspire stories, experiences, and the perspective using the framework of teaching and learning. This episode today is special. It's brought to you by Mr. Frank Rappaport, the owner and the founder of Sam Sarah Gear, the brand that was created by a father paying tribute to his daughter who died of an eating disorder. Fashions designed by love, fashions that will knock you out. Before I go in to, to my listeners, if you would take five seconds to just pause, I have to explain to you, Frank Rappaport um, took a chance on an unproven product. He is my sponsor. And the reason why I'm doing this um, uh, person you should know as a sponsor is because normally when you start a business, you have to have a product that's proven before someone will invest in you. Frank invested in the man because he is a, a man of humanity. So he also has a, a um, personal story that I think we need to share. I am not an expert on this, but I am an expert on humanity. And I think that everyone has a story to tell. And this episode is a tribute to Frank's daughter and the man Frank is. And I'm happy to have him as my sponsor. My partners and I, Marjorie Phoenix, Raymond Porch, we are committed to create a podcast network that puts humanity over profit. We have a morality clause that applies to our sponsors and our advertisers to create a moral clause with the state that should commit, that we commit no act that would do harm in any reasonable fashion or deceive or be immoral, scandalous, obscene, to image, to tarnish or damage, otherwise neglectively affect the reputation of goodwill associated with this company or brand or any of its shareholders. And that holds true to our sponsors, advertisers, and guests. Um, I'm going to introduce you to a wonderful human being, a super successful business person, a personal friend, and a man that took a chance on a unproven commodity. He invested in the man and the dream of RMK Productions, the podcast network. I want to welcome my guest, Mr. Frank Rappaport. Good morning, Kevin. Thank you for, for having me. I believe in you. I believe in your vision, your strength, and integrity. And it's against that background that I want to share that I'm just a dad, like other dads. In my case, my daughter died by suicide in 2016 after fighting hard against the demon of eating disorder. You know, just to demystify eating disorder, it's really a psychiatric condition that has with it an unhealthy relationship to food, to one's image, and to one's shape. It's common to have co-occurring disorders such as bipolar, 
PTSD, uh, or even borderline personality. But it's a real addiction. It's a real mental illness. And it's bewildering to a parent to try to get her arms around this demon and see what can be done. So I wanted to share briefly my journey on behalf of Alex's memory so that other parents and other humans can benefit. And eating disorders don't just attack women. They attack anyone of any sexual preference, age, race. It's next to um, depression and opioids, the leading cause now of uh, suicide. You know, it's sort of like ADD was 30 years ago. Eating disorders are front and center, and it's important that parents and loved ones understand the signs of an eating disorder to get help. So Alex was a wonderful, joyful person who did yoga, who became a Buddhist, who understood suffering. And that's what mental illness is, suffering. And she did everything within her power to move beyond um, this body image uh, issue that affected every waking minute of her life. And it really wasn't into her 20s until we even understood what was going on for those out there that have teenagers. Yeah, they're moody. And you think they're moody and, you know, that's it. And they're, they give you a lot of back talk and sometimes screaming. And, you know, we didn't know until she was in college when it dawned on us that her showers were an hour long or she would get up in the middle of the dining room table. She looked fabulous because she had bulimia, which is not anorexia. They're just twins, but she was just able to keep her weight through excessive eating and binging and purging. And I'm being very candid because I want people to understand the seriousness of this. So two things were my takeaway after I found Alex, where she had finally decided to have some peace and move on, that I had to do something about this. That there were parents who just didn't know what was going on, and there was very little focus by the medical community, doctors totally untrained in how to deal with obesity and with the body image negativity and eating disorders. So I stood up um, something called Heart Your Body Foundation, which, Kevin, is a not-for-profit. And I sought, you know, to raise funds where we could put on, you know, programs like this, roundtables, seminars, just to get the word out that this is something that's going to be here and is going to be growing, and we need to pay respect to it so that we can hopefully help others. I also realized that there were no pharmaceuticals, not that I'm a big fan of, you know, antidepressants. I mean, they're important for some people, but there's nothing for eating disorders, just like there wasn't for AD&D until Ritalin finally came along. So we're really pioneers. So in realizing that I needed to raise funds I thought, how do I do this? And I was really stymied, Kevin. I had no idea. And correspondingly, 
my son and I went to the Himalayas and we visited Kathmandu. Why? Because it was the time of Alex's life, her junior semester abroad, where she had the happiest moments. She lived among the Buddhists, among the spirituality. And we wanted to see that. So we went and we sprinkled her ashes in the holy rivers that she visited and really found a lot of joy and peace and soul in the Himalayas. And we went next door to a little country to Nepal called Bhutan. Few have heard of it. It's known to be the happiest country in the world. And we don't know whether that's true. There's one psychiatrist, one psychiatrist in that country. And I'll get back to very briefly my discussion with him. So I bought myself a very colorful hand-woven vest made from sheep wool that's hand-dyed with plant and tree bark. I thought it was cool. I brought it, brought it home. And I was astonished at the reception, Kevin, that I got from my friends of 70-year-old women to uh, my, my friends who are gay in New York City. They thought it was the damn coolest thing they'd ever seen. They said, I, I wish anthropology had something that nice. And a light bulb went on. I thought, maybe this is a way to raise money. It was also a great excuse to go back to the Himalayas. Mm -hmm. Went back, and through some extraordinary coincidences where I was able to meet people close to the queen of Bhutan, who is in charge of textiles, and I met women in their homes. You got to realize, Kevin, this is an 800-year-old tradition where women weave on a hand loom. And by coincidence, Philadelphia, when John Rittenhouse came here in the 1700s, was the looming capital of the United States because of the Wissahickon that powered the looms. So just a funny coincidence. So Crazy Me became the first ever to export hand-woven clothing accessories from the Kingdom of Bhutan, and that's the company, samsaragear.com. So I'm the first. Um, I've gotten wonderful reception, the Philadelphia Inquirer, did a cover story, and then in like a hilarious result, my alma mater at the University of Pennsylvania at the museum decided to have me frame two of my vests in a shadow box and they hang in the museum at the University of Pennsylvania. Usually think paintings. So I may be the first textile that hanged in a, in a museum. So I'm going to really stop there and just say my, my journey is to raise money. Um, there is a doctor at the University of North Carolina who's doing genetic research into the history of, of why there's eating disorders. And I can only say she's already found a common genetic link between anorexia and Parkinson's. Now, let me ask, let me ask you a question. I'm going to wrap around again. We're going to talk a little bit more about Samson here. But I also want to address, because my 40 years of experience in the fitness uh, industry, part of my conversation is to 
um, have people feel better in their own skin. Um, media, every publication of a magazine when it comes to fitness always portrays the human body as this lean, mean fight, fighting machine. And when I say that the business of fitness is the business of fitness, it's all for profit. I am very happy to, to see that there are groups, there are designers that are style, now starting to use real people to be models in the face of other brands because that's what, what, what it is. And I want people to understand, and, I, and, and there are mothers and fathers that believe that they're present in their children's lives, but they do not see these signs. Mental illness on all different levels is something that is at the forefront of everyone's conversation. And an eating disorder is a serious mental illness characterized by eating and exercise, body weight, uh, imaging shapes, becoming um, body shaping, becoming unhealthy and preoccupied um, with how they look um, in life. As a parent, before you get to the point where, where your daughter was at, were there any signs, any, any clues that was that you missed and said, oh, if I saw this, I could have got ahead of this? Is there anything a parent can do? Uh, I think you can look for signs of um, bullying when they're younger and um, overweight. They can be bullied. And then you can see signs of not dating, staying by themselves. When Alice was in college, I would call her and find her in her room on a Saturday night. I don't know about you, but that's not what I was doing in college on Saturday night. And so finally, you know, I asked her, you know, what was going on. And she told me since age 12, she had had this unhealthy relationship with food, where she would be stealing food from her colleague's lunchbox. And she'd be taking food from our kitchen when we didn't expect the kids to be eating, you know, at all times of day. So it's, you know, unless they're anorexic where it's really clear that they're so thin, if they're bulimic, they look perfect. You have to look at for the emotional changes and you have to talk about it with them. Was your daughter also um, resistant um, and disrespectful to authority? Because um, I, I know a lot of kids, are, you know, they talk back because, you know, kids are not raised the way that we were raised. Um, the firm con commitment to discipline, we seem to negotiate our relationships with our, our, our children um, just because there's far too many books out there with experts saying how to parent. And we bypass the, the fact that um, children have to respect authority and the children's our child is not the power. We are the resource in order to prepare them for the world. Um, were there any signs of her lashing out, you know, and being disrespectful as a, to their parents or friends? I know you uh, said Yes, Kevin, and I'm sure parents see that all the time, but it was, it was fairly excessive. And what I've learned is that's prompted by shame, that, there, that any addict has a great deal of shame and they can act out in excessive ways. Um, I want to just briefly share, when I met the only psychiatrist in a country of 600,000, which is known for happiest, you know, happiest country, 
where there's no social media with magazines of thin people, you know. I said, do you have a lot of eating disorder here? And he said, we don't have very much. He said, we have other mental illness. And I said, well, what is the cause of mental illness? And he said, I can only share with you. This, this guy was educated at Johns Hopkins, so he's, he's the real deal. Um, he said, what I realize is that there are genes in us that are capable of being turned on and off. And he said, I believe that we all have the capability of genetic mental illness. We're not all mentally ill. But he said, what happens is, certainly when there's childhood trauma, particularly PTSD, can be divorce, clearly, you know, abuse, but, you know, that's so obvious, that that can turn on the mental illness. So you might have one child that doesn't experience that. And yet, early in your marriage, you know, there may have been some reasons for PTSD that the firstborn did have these genes turned on. So it was very educational for me to, to talk with him and hear his views on, on mental illness. But as you said, eating disorder, it's so new that it, you really have to look for the signs of solitude, you know, uh, as you say, um, you know, being disrespectful and also overeating, undereating, and then, you know, just being shameful with your body. You know, I'll just sum up by saying not everybody who's overweight or who's unhappy with their body turns into having a mental illness and eating disorder. There's got to be other instances like PTSD. Um, we all know something about parental breakups when fathers leave and mothers leave. Yeah. And that makes a lasting impression, doesn't it? Uh, it doesn't mean it ill, but it's, it's cumulative. So I'll just turn it back to you when I can. Um, how, if you don't mind, and if I ask a question, because I, I, I hate interviewers that go directly to, let's see how upset they can get their guests or how, Far we can take their guests back in order to promote their their brand or sensationalize their story. I hate when people do that, and I don't want to put you in this, in, in this uh, arena. But th there are listeners that have just tuned in, um, and they they're, they're starting to think: Does my child have an eating disorder? Um, he's, he's not anorexic, or he's not anorexic, or you know what's what's going on. How old was Sarah before you guys had this conversation? And how old was Sarah when you lost her? Uh, Alex was... Alex, I'm sorry. Okay, she was first year in college when we had this conversation. And, you know, it was a rough teenage years. And we just thought, oh, it's teenagers. But it was really rough. And I think it began at age 12. Um, through my network of eating disorder professionals that are far more um, knowledgeable than I am on eating disorder awareness, they say you can start as early as seven years old, eight years old. What, what about uh, resources? Can you list a resource? Because right, right now, I know the hardest thing about getting any answers. I have a very good friend, which I think you've met, 
um, the young lady in, in, in the club uh, that her son is going through um, um, brain surgery. Uh, Megan Thornburg and her son Jax, hashtag Jax Strong. And learning of that is like, where do you turn? Who do you talk to? Where do you get the best advice? There are people right now that the light has just went off in their house and says, I must talk to my child. I know this is fairly new and a lot of professionals don't know how to speak on this. Can you give us and give our listeners some direction of where to go, how to find the resources and get the best people for this? Yeah, sure. There's something called the National Eating Disorder Association, NIDA. And if you go on their website, they have a toolkit and they have it chapter and verse about what to look for, how to deal with it. And obviously, you know, you can read that and get some guidance. The other is called FEAST. And that's like the Have a Feast, but it stands for families, et cetera. And that is a group that I want to financially support because they coach parents and loved ones on how to talk um, to the, the person that has the eating disorder. And, that, you know, finally, there are therapists. But between you and me, there are very few therapists that are doing anything useful in eating disorder. There's a woman named Jennifer Carlottis, and I'm mispronouncing her name, who has started a business called Yoga for Eating Disorder. And she's in Collegeville. She's written a book. She's fabulous. And what she does is she'll take the, the person into her home and start to talk about yoga. But this isn't about doing beautiful poses. This is about health at every size, health at every size. And that's what she tries to impress, that your body is unique. And just because it isn't perfect, like everybody on the main line thinks their body ought to be, doesn't mean you aren't just perfect the way you are. So neat and feast would be the two to Google, Kevin. And, and I, I, I think, I, I hope my listeners are listening in and we have your undivided uh, attention. And this, this is a conversation that has to be had. It's one of those many uncomfortable conversations that we are dealing with as a society that is necessary to have, especially when it comes to someone you love. You have to be present. It's amazing that we're having this interview today and we took this on um, just a phone call the other day and said, we need to talk about this, which is the reason why my son is not present in this interview. It's on an off time of the times we do this. But ironically, this morning, I launched Talking with Kevin and Friends uh, Motivation, and we talked about putting humanity before money. And you have basically done just that with not only backing me and supporting me in this venture uh, with RMK Productions, the division of 10 United, you, you have also created a beautiful, and I, I will tell you, if anyone and everyone wanted to uh, support a cause, everyone listening to me on a global platform, I ask you to go to www 
samsaragear.com. If you happen to purchase one item from this episode of this show, Mr. Rappaport will donate 10% of whatever you buy um, directly to... Uh, he will give you a 10% discount, but he would also donate a percentage of that to what's the organization that um, is your your charitable donation? Uh, Heart Your Body Charitable Trust. It's a Pennsylvania not-for-profit. Okay. People, we have to stop su- supporting causes that don't get back. And that's the reason why this platform, this is the reason why we're having this conversation with Mr. Frank Rappaport is because we, we have to put humanity before our profit. Don't wait until you have to create your why and you're forced to do it um, and have to share a story like this. But Frank is strong enough and he's such a great person that he's putting himself before humanity. I have a hashtag called find 1,000 reasons to be kind to someone. When I was collecting that data in a 12-hour shift, Frank doesn't know it. He was one of those those people that I connected with that supported that. In a 12-hour day, I had 1,000 positive reactions or interactions with people. It's not that hard to be kind. Again, Frank, we want to talk about um, Sam Sear Gear. You have been on the runway with this product in high fashion um, fashion shows. You are a Pennsylvania-based um, company. You are a father giving back. Um, tell us a little bit more of how this got started, where you can be reached, um, and how people can reach you um, directly and talk about your foundation before we leave. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I am probably the last person that should be in the fashion business. I was a big firm litigator. I worked for President Reagan in the Department of Justice. I knew about fashion as much as um, nobody. Um, however, I know what I like. And I bought something for myself that apparently people think is just fabulous. It's made by women. It's organic. It's handmade. It's not black, which is what everybody you know, buys the black dress. This is really cool boho clothing. The fact that I'm donating 20% of the profits to Heart Your Body Trust is obviously the reason I'm doing this. And Heart Your Body will make, you know, contributions, as I said, to the doctor who's doing genetic research, to Feast, who does education. And incidentally, if um, God forbid a child or a person has to go into treatment. That's like 50 grand a month. Often people can't pay for that. And we hope to support, um, scholarships for those who have to go into treatment. And then how about parents who would like to go visit their kid in treatment but can't afford the plane ticket? So this is why we're trying to raise the money and what we're going to do with it. But put aside the cause, because that's really what drives it. I hope people will go to samsaragear.com and look at the different items. And then if they like, they can stop by the showroom, which is in the middle of Wayne, PA. And that's also listed 
on the website. So we're early. We're only in our second year. Um, you know, are we profitable yet? Not really, but that's okay. And when I see an opportunity like your show, Kevin, and knowing, you know, what you're going to do from this amazing platform, we wanted to be in. We wanted to be in. And I talked to my, I have a couple collaborators that believe in the product and they said, go with Kevin. And so that's why I'm, I'm just delighted to be here and hope that parents, friends, others who see somebody that's really off base with their body image negativity will do the research into how to help them begin this long journey of recovery, which is possible. Just because my daughter didn't make it doesn't mean that recovery isn't possible. Frank, Frank, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I love you. And um, I wish I was there to give you a hug. Um, so I'm sending you one vir virtually. To my listeners, we have covered so much uh, information. And I hope that at some point, this episode that we share has enlightened you, has touched you and in ways that touch your soul. It gives you a different view from the window that you're looking out of right now. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think. Exchange the name Alex to one of your children. Before you have to give an interview like this or a share like this, get ahead of the conversation and have those uncomfortable conversations. It may not be you. It may be someone that you're close to. Give them a hug. I know if you have not followed us or liked us or shared the subscription, you can reach us by www.rmkproductions.net or you can uh, reach us by talking with Kevin and Kevin and Son. This episode has been brought to you by Frank Rappaport, the owner of Sam Sears Gear, the fashions that were designed with love. Promotional code for this episode is CI. C-A-D-A-2-0-1-0. Frank said it before. On any purchase of any item from this show using that uh, promotional code, there will be a 10% discount given to you. Through your efforts and your kindness of wearing an incredible product and talking about this product and sharing it on your social platforms and um, having conversations, Frank will also donate another 20% the Heart and Soul Charitable Trust, which is a nonprofit that benefits recovering from people recovering from an eating disorder. Frank, one of the things that I've always done on this show, I always talk about having connections with people that have um, actions behind their words. We live in a society that we back people that have hundreds of thousands of likes and followers and whatever. But we also know that those relationships and business are not genuine. My sole purpose is to connect my story and through the power of story, individuals like you, sponsors like you, with people that follow, that have actions behind their words. I know many of my customers and my listeners are going to go to your website, www.samsaragear, and they are going to 
purchase at least one garment from you and help your cause. I also know that many of my listeners, the same way they did to Dave Sanderson, that was the last passenger to exit from the plane that crashed into Hudson when he was raising money for um, homeless veterans. They also went and donated to that cause. I have to give back. You have sponsored me financially, emotionally, and supported me with this presence. This one's on me. I, I don't think any other program has ever addressed with a sponsor said that they're going to give something back. Um, I appreciate your financial support, but today... I'm a human being and I'm a friend and this one's on me. So in closing, I appreciate all my loyal fans and my listeners and I hope you enjoyed this episode of People You Should Know. If you know someone that has a story to tell and would like to be featured on RMK Productions and Teen United of any of our platforms, One Queen, Two Kings, Storytime and Wine, or talking with Kevin and Son, or any of our other platforms. Please like this page. Please, please subscribe, share, and who knows, you could be the next person sitting across from me on talking with Kevin and Son. Frank, my listeners, hashtag find 1,000 reasons to be kind to someone. My grandfather always said, when you get to a point, that you can help someone else along it is your duty to do so reach one teach one fade to black we're out <laughs>